Welcome to episode two. Thank you for joining me on the Family Flow, a podcast where we address family flaws, the real life issues that co-parents go through, and discuss ways that we can flow together to build a better tomorrow through legal resources and emotional support. Disclaimer, this podcast is not for providing legal advice. It is for informational purposes only. Also, the information that we will discuss in today's episode may be too gruesome for some listeners. Please take care of your mental and emotional health and do what is best for you. Thanks again for joining me on episode two. Let's dive right in. Today, we are taking a closer look at the many forms of abuse. Specifically, today's episode is about emotional abuse. Abuse is generally defined as an unintended or misuse of a thing. So in this case, we are talking about relationships. That is a thing that is likely to be abused or used inappropriately. There are many forms of abuse in family violence cases. The Texas Family Code Section 71.004 defines family violence as, one, an act by a member of a family or household against another member of the family or household that is intended, that's the key word, it's intended to result in physical harm bodily injury, assault, or sexual assault, or that is a threat that reasonably places the member in fear of imminent physical harm, bodily injury, assault, or sexual assault, but does not include defensive measures to protect oneself. Most times when we are in court and we are proving um, family violence or advocating about an incident that happened and you're trying to protect the other person, maybe they applied for a protective order, it is important to prove that the other person, or in this case, the alleged abuser, did not create that violent act just for defensive measures. That means it wasn't an act of self-defense. The second definition of family violence under the Texas Family Code section 71.004 is abuse defined um, by an act by a member of the family toward a child of the family or household. Or number three, it could be dating violence. So in these three different definitions, one is toward any household member of the family. Number two is towards the child. And number three is dating. So it could be a boyfriend towards a girlfriend or the other way, a girlfriend towards a boyfriend. Remember that abuse has no label, no face. That means it can happen in any culture, any race. It could be man against woman or a woman against a man. There are that different, so many different forms of the abuse, okay? However, when family violence is present, that means a form of abuse may result in injury or fear 
of immediate harm. The laws may be different in your state or country, but the concepts are generally the same. Family violence tend to result in some some type of injury or harm. It could be physical harm or like today, um, it could be emotional harm. It could be also financial harm. But when there is physical abuse, you can see the evidence of the abuse like bruises, police reports, marks. Um, You can see other proofs that a judge or jury can tell that there is an abusive situation that occurred. However, it may be obvious to your neighbor that the line on your neck was your boyfriend's attempt to strangle you or that the burnt mark on your body are from the ends of a lit cigarette. But what about the emotional abuse? I have talked to an individual who was scared for their lives because the spouse attempted to attack them with a knife or pointing a gun at them in front of the kids. And in another instance, it was a display of rage, a boyfriend stalking his girlfriend on the highway, and then it turned into a car chase while she was trying to escape. What about the children who are unkept or neglected in the house to fend for themselves as minors, specifically under 10, and in some states under the age of 18? Let's put a microscope on the emotional abuse, the one that is hard to point out. This is the unseen kind of abuse and hardly mentioned in most cultures. A person may not even know that he or she is the abuser. And I have talked to victims who did not know that they were living with an abuser, especially in cases of divorce. Let's define emotional abuse or just talk about the warning signs. Emotional abuse involves controlling another person by using emotions to criticize, embarrass, to shame them or blame or otherwise manipulate them in one way or the other. The key word is emotions. The abuser uses emotions to trigger something in the victim. While it's common and most common in dating and married relationships, mental or emotional abuse can occur in any relationship, including between coworkers, among friends, or other family members. Note that not every altercation or conflict or argument between you and your spouse is an abuse, okay? People clash. We have different personalities and life happens. Because of our differences in our personalities, our reasonings, our life experiences, culture, and lifestyle, and faith, we may approach problems differently, However, there is that thin line where conflicts becomes abuse, where that conflict can spill into abuse. Even childhood 
abuse can lead to emotional pain, anxiety, depression, self-criticism, low self-esteem, even difficulty forming stable and trusting relationships. Have you ever heard someone say, I don't trust anybody? Or you've heard them say, I've had trouble staying in a relationship. Or maybe they just couldn't trust the other person, including their boss, including a coworker. They just seem to have trust issues. Childhood abuse tend to result in these unstable and depressive state where people have trust in issues. I have found that a lot of people who were hurt as a child, they end up hurting others or just falling back into more hurtful relationships if they do not acknowledge or heal from the abuse. So there may be warning signs that you have ignored. Two most common words under emotional abuse are gaslighting and narcissism. They are all similar words to the same madness, similar methods to the same madness. A narcissist is a person who lies to make himself look better than others. A narcissist tend to be self-absorbed, highly conceited, a form of self. So whenever you, you hear the word narcissism, think of someone or a behavior that is full of self. It's not pride. So it's a bit different from just being proud of who you are. It's more so that this person um, is so... They're so absorbed in themselves and to the point that they use emotions as the tool to make themselves look better, even to the detriment of someone else. And remember, we're talking about patterns of behavior. This is not just a one-time thing, a one-time situation, but for in a case of narcissism, it's continuous. The other side and the other method is gaslighting. A gaslighter comes from the classic 1944 movie titled Gaslight, where the husband tries to convince his wife that she's insane so he can control her. And in the movie, she began to question her identity and reality. So gaslighting is all about power over someone else. It's all about dominating someone else. Those are the two methods. They are still emotional abuse. And like I said, sometimes people don't know that they are the narcissist or that they are the gaslighter. They don't know that. I'll give you three major characteristics of gaslighters and narcissists. I can say that word, narcissism. 
I'll give you three major characteristics, and that way you can assess your relationship. You can even assess yourself, and you know we can look, point the mirror at ourselves to find out about our relationships, work, family, personal friendships, and also looking at others and perhaps the conversations that we have with them, how they make us feel. One of the major and perhaps the most obvious sign and characteristic of emotional abuse, but specifically of gaslight and narcissism, is lies and exaggeration. These individuals deliberately lie and exaggerate or distort the truth. So a narcissist like to make People feel inferior through false accusations and intimidation tactics. But gaslighters, on the other hand, they lie for control. They like to feel in charge. And they don't care stepping on others to feel that power, to feel that control, to make themselves look good. And um, you want to pay attention to what you're being told. If you're if you are in a relationship, it could be marital or dating relationship or friendship where this person just constantly lies and they the this person is lying not maybe out of like an unintentional act or just out of a bad habit of exaggeration. But they are lying intentionally and exaggerating the truth or changing the truth, making you believe what is false so they can either feel good about themselves or they're doing it so that they can have some kind of control over you. An example would be a spouse who constantly just talk down on his wife and calls her a slut and it doesn't matter what she's doing where she's going she may be fully covered and he calls her a prostitute she may be going to hang out with her friends at the mall and he still calls her a prostitute or accuses her of cheating accuses her when she's talking to another man maybe they just met a stranger and he becomes suspicious and um they get home, he's angry. They're both talking to the, they both talk to the stranger. But for him, there is some way that he makes her feel like maybe there is something I'm doing. She's thinking to herself that attracts these men or make them think that I am a prostitute. He has a way, or she, because the abuser could also be a she, she has a way of making him, him feel inferior. The second characteristic is high aggression. They become highly aggressive when they're criticized. They reach, they, they respond poorly to negative criticism. And you'll see um, a, a gaslighter or a narcissist throw fits and rages and temper tantrums. They blame shift and they will hardly say sorry. And for me, growing up personally in the Nigerian culture, 
there was a lot of macho-ness. There was a lot of male dominance, so much so that when a woman without a male child or didn't have a male child, it was seen as a taboo. Thankfully, things are better now and people are becoming more exposed, whether to the West, Western culture or just becoming more educated and breaking off some of the old traditions. But I remember just growing up, seeing the the high level of male dominance where in the undeveloped side, women were seen and treated like properties. They were seen as replaceable in some parts of the world, it's still the same. Women are treated like properties and they are treated like they are replaceable items. They can be disposed of. They can be removed from their home, from their houses by the other parent or the other party, the other party's family. Many men around me personally were highly sensitive to correction. They hardly said sorry. They felt like they were always right. And you dare not say you're wrong (laughs) to them. They just responded in an aggressive manner to criticism, even from their fellow men. They were quick to use their words to cut down the woman and the, the young kids. There were young boys who have grown up to be gaslighters and narcissists themselves because that's all they've known. These are these acts, these examples are all that they've, they've seen all their lives or through their childhood. That may not be your experience, but people have some narcissistic tendencies and they don't know it. Again, they don't know it because that's that's all they've known. Even in politics and workplace, you'll see it. You'll see the narcissistic tendency in some people. These patterns of behaviors are everywhere. They are everywhere. And it's time to start paying attention to the morning.